For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. TDN Fantasy. The TDN Fantasy Podcast Podcast. with your hosts, Paige DeMakos, Jamie Eisner, and Jake Arians. Welcome into the TDN Fantasy Podcast, Paige DeMakos, Jake Arians, Jamie Eisner. We're all spread out throughout the country. I'm in Mobile. I've been here all week for the Draft Network. Hope you guys have been checking out what we got going on. We're getting ready. It's the kickoff of all the draft events. Got a big game on Saturday. Uh, so I'll be watching the draftnetwork.com so you can see everything we're doing. And Saturday, big tailgate with Bud Light Seltzer. Excited to do a big board with all of the flavors. Uh, already already have a potential first-round pick in Black Cherry, but we'll see how who I pick to be number one on my big board on Saturday at the, uh, the Draft Network tailgate that we're having with Bud Light Seltzer. So hopefully you guys all come check it out because it's going to be a lot of fun and nobody's ever really hosted something like what we're doing. So I think it's going to be really exciting for for everybody in Mobile. Uh, guys, there is a big thing happening in the NFL today, and that is that a, 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 a guy that's been in the NFL for a very long time never missed a game because of health, uh, and one of the more polarizing discussions in the NFL around him and his legacy, and that is Eli Manning. Eli Manning is announcing his retirement today on Friday from the NFL, a longtime New York Giants quarterback. And, and Jamie, I want to go to you first because – the, the conversation around Eli is polarizing, to say the least, because everybody has an opinion about whether or not the two-time Super Bowl-winning quarterback is a Hall of Famer or not. But from a New York perspective, give us the insight into how Giants fans view Eli and, and his legacy specifically. Well, he's not as polarizing in New York. That's something that's happening from other fan bases around the league. Look, the when you win in New York, period, end of story, you are – among the elite of the elite athletes. You will always be revered. You will always be remembered. Eli Manning won multiple Super Bowls uh, as, as an underdog on a team that, when he won the first time, had his head coach on the hot seat, their star player on defense, Michael Strahan, contemplating retirement. There were no Super Bowl expectations for that team. And they walk in and they go against an undefeated Patriots team uh, and they beat them and they give us one of the overall one of the most iconic moments. Uh, he's a huge part of them, one of the most iconic plays 
two of the most iconic plays in Super Bowl history, the, the David Tyree catch and the Mario Manningham catch. Uh, we even forget about the Plaxico Burris catch that was actually the game-winning touchdown uh, because of all those other – because of the Tyree overshadowed it. Eli Manning brought the Giants back to relevance uh, several years after they had lost that Super Bowl to the Ravens. And he's a guy that's always going to be looked at as an elite player in Giants history. He is a Giants great. He is a Hall of Famer. You won, You win multiple Super Bowls, which I don't have to – it should be self-explanatory at this point. Isn't an easy thing to do. He is not a passenger along for the ride. He was a very active part of that team, of those teams winning the Super Bowl. To, to say that Eli Manning was a passenger is to say that Tom Brady was a passenger for the first few Super Bowls the Patriots won. Just because you have a dominant defense doesn't mean you don't get credit as the quarterback of the franchise for actively winning those games that he did. Uh, I know we're going to talk back and forth and we're going to hear everybody's opinion about whether or not he, he is a Hall of Famer based on his regular season numbers. But the postseason matters. The Super Bowl matters. And he was an elite player in those two moments for them, in those two postseason runs. And he will always be remembered uh, as a Giants great. And uh, I wish him the best in his retirement. Uh, I'm excited to see what happens next. I think people are starting to realize the last few years of his career. He's got a lot more personality than people have uh, expected or have seen before. So I'm excited to see what he ends up doing in his next venture. He can just flat out chill because he made a ton of money. Look, he won two Super Bowls, two Super Bowl MVPs, 210 straight starts. Never had a problem in the locker room, the organization, the media, in the city with the biggest spotlight in the world. What the hell else could you ask for than what Eli Manning did in his career? What the hell else could he have done? Passenger my ass. The quarterback is the hardest position in the world, the most important position in all of sports. I don't care if you throw it six times a game. You ran everything from the meetings all week to the huddle to the plays to the checks to the audibles of the line of scrimmage and everything else. And he damn sure did more than that. He was phenomenal. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer, 50,000 yards, 210 straight games, the third most NFL history, people. Two Super Bowls, two Super Bowl MVPs, two big underdog Super Bowls. Give me a break with this narrative outside of New York that he's okay. Bullshit. He was elite. He was phenomenal. Yes, he's 500 for his career. Yes, he probably played too long. Who didn't? Johnny Unitas, Namath, they, they all played too long. That's what they do. Dan Marino with one giant high top and a blown Achilles. Like his they brother. All, his brother, exactly. They all played too long. Well, I'm not faulting him for that. He was spectacular. What the hell else could you possibly ask for 16, 17 years ago on draft day? When what you got for the next 16 years? By the way, he never missed a damn game. I can't, how... This is Lou Gehrig and freaking Cal Ripken stuff. And there's another thing I want to bring up too because we – and I think to some cases rightly so. We lambast quarterbacks that have really good regular season numbers and do nothing in the postseason. Why are we complaining that Eli Manning has great postseason numbers and was just good in the regular season? Why is that a bad thing? He threw for 50,000-plus yards and played every game he was ever there for. His regular season, this ain't baseball. His regular season numbers are great. He won two Super Bowls and two Super Bowl MVPs. What else? Like, you don't, he could throw for, if he threw for 28,000 yards and played for nine years and won two Super Bowls, then he's on the cusp. But he played he's way more than that. I don't know how this is even a topic. Like, you can look at the Dan Marinos of the world that never won one, and he's in the most talented category, right? We talk about all this time on quarterbacks. Eli Manning is in the great. Like, discussion of the top 25 of all time from longevity, Super Bowls. He did all the stuff, the numbers that you want for Hall of Fame or a franchise quarterback. 
Not to mention he was the freaking franchise everything for two decades with no problems. The model citizen, the leader in the locker room, everything. What else could you possibly have asked for for the two decades of his career? I congratulate you. I salute you on doing it the right way. And I wish you nothing but the best. Yeah, I'm, I'm just confused as to why there's so much polarization. And I think Jamie brought up a good point, right? Because he's, it's less outside of me. Obviously, in New York, there's, he's cemented in, uh, in his legacy because at the end of the day, New York cares about winning, and he brought them two Super Bowls, and that's all that matters, right? And, and I just I, I hear the arguments, and it's funny because I'm obviously out here in Mobile, and it's all the media and all the NFL personnel, and it's a topic of conversation. And I've heard people on both sides of the fence from the media perspective, but I've probably talked to like 15 different people within the NFL that are either scouts or coaches or GMs or across the board, and it's unanimous. Like nobody even bats an eye about the fact that Eli Manning is cemented in the Hall of Fame. So I think that's pretty telling. I mean, I know it's not everybody, but generally speaking, it's more of a media-driven narrative, uh, especially because of what Eli is you know, and I hate that this plays a part, but it does. Like, Jamie, you can speak to this more so, but, like, all the memes of his face and, like, all the – he's just easy to make fun of, right? And and I think people have taken advantage of that over the last couple of years on social media, and that's kind of impacted how everybody looks at him. And look how he handled that. Exactly. That's the a huge – gentleman with class, you're telling me that the Cincinnati Bengals right now, Joe Burrow gives you 16 years, plays every single game. You're 500, you win two Super Bowls, and he's two Super Bowl MVPs. You don't think they're jumping off a freaking ledge right now? Hell yes, give me that. Yeah, and look, I, I think this is, and I know, I know we're a fantasy show, so uh, this might be blasphemous for me to say as somebody's making my career in fantasy, but this is where the fantasy industry has hurt the perspective of what's actually happening on the field. And I say that to mean, what is the objective why are we why are there 256 NFL regular season games? What what is the point of all of this? It's to win. It's to win a Super Bowl. And Eli Manning has done that twice. How many quarterbacks have done that twice? Not many. Yep. So it, it, it's I think sometimes we lose this in the era of we want to see these gaudy like we want to see guys that are we want to see Patrick Mahomes numbers every single game or we feel like that's not greatness. We miss the level of greatness that is consistency. We missed this was the argument that I used to make, and it's a little bit different positions, but it's the argument that people are making that like made about Curtis Martin or making about Frank Gore that they're somehow not Hall of Famers because longevity and consistency and showing up every week doesn't matter. Like I don't understand when we lost that. Dude, I was a kicker. I got hurt my second year. It ended my career. This mother flipping dude played quarterback for sixteen years. Without missing a game, yeah, like, come on, man. You know how hard that is? Like, you can go play baseball. Not that Cal Ripken and Lou Gehrig wasn't freaking believable. But you can't tell me playing quarterback in the NFL isn't much harder on your body. Would never miss a game? Like, the, the model professional. Like, I don't know how this is a story at all. At all. Yeah, I mean, it just, it's... Uh, you know, it, it's something that I just uh, – I haven't been able to figure out why it seems to be such a, a polarizing topic at all. Uh, we, we lost Paige here, but we're going to keep kind of – decided to go cher- try that black cherry and a few of those other flavors before yeah. uh, before tomorrow. She was getting a head start. 
Yeah, I mean, look, she she was so mad about people that are being upset at, at Eli Manning. Uh, but let's uh, move on to a couple other topics here. We're not going to get into the games or specific bets and stuff this week. Uh, obviously, we previewed it a little bit on Monday's show. We're going to have a lot of coverage next week, especially with Media Day, injury reports, and all the other stuff. So we're, we're, we're going to spare you um, the because there's not going to be anything we can say now uh, that would matter for next week. But let's talk about some of the other stories that are going on on and off the field. Uh, the report that Drew Brees plans to re-sign in New Orleans. Uh, I can't imagine he was going to play anywhere else. But uh, to what you to your point, Jake, before the show, this is an interesting time for the Saints right now because Teddy Bridgewater is a free agent. You know Sean Payton likes Taysom Hill. What is the long-term outlook here? Like if Drew Brees wants to come back, is this a one-year thing? Or do you think there could be some maybe some tension here? No, I mean, it's the perfect segue from talking about Eli Manning and these guys all playing too long. Drew Brees has lost a lot. They put up good numbers in the Pro Bowl. I get all that. They won a ton of games. But if you watch the play of Drew Brees, he's never a big arm guy anyway. There's, it's lacking. And you're talking about a guy like Eli Manning that I said for years, nobody puts enough emphasis on how much power he has in the building, which may be more than his head coach. So even if his head coach and GM don't necessarily want him back, he's going to resign and play a couple more years if he wants to. And I think he wants to. I think it's going to be at the detriment of the team, the detriment of their salary cap moving forward. And he's, he's in a position that he's a first ballot Hall of Famer, one of the 10 greatest of all time, because he's got Super Bowls too, or a Super Bowl, um, that it's going to hurt the team eventually. And, but he's got that power. He's, he's kind of got that right as one of those guys, and I, I think he's going to resign there. I, I can see him playing somewhere else, but I really can't. And I can't see him playing for anybody other than Sean Payton. But I'm not sure if Sean Payton's 100% on board with bringing Drew back at this point. It's going to be really interesting to see what happens and what the number is. The thing that I think gets lost here, Jamie, what I love doing our offseason show is talking about all the salary cap stuff. Drew Brees is a $30 million a year guy. Yeah. And Teddy Bridgewater, who went 5-0 and for you, is 7.5 right now. Say you, you make him the starter at 15 or 20, there's three more starters, and they need some help. They need other guys on that offense. Yeah, that's going to be the interesting thing because as I'm looking at it, because obviously you would say for for 2020, Drew Brees probably gives you the best chance to win in a vacuum, taking the cap number out of the picture. But yeah, you probably. can't afford this. But if you believe Teddy Bridgewater could be your future, or the combination of Bridgewater and Taysom Hill, and however you want to get, how could you not? He went them. five and zero oh and made every play you asked him to make for five weeks while Drew was hurt. But can you? Afford, you can't really afford to sign both those guys, can you? Right now, no, like, no. So, that's my point. If Drew comes back, you lose Teddy. Taysom Hill is probably your backup slash whatever his role is. And Teddy's gone somewhere else. And now what do you do if Drew gets hurt or Drew's lacking that much and you have to move on? It's going to be really interesting to see what happens. But it's one of those guys, again, plays too long and ends up playing somewhere else. Or Eli Manning stays there until his replacement's there, right? I mean, it's going to be really interesting to see. I I don't know if anybody in that building has the power to make him move on without him wanting to. That's the case too, and I think they may catch a break with Teddy. It's possible to catch a break with Teddy Bridgewater because we've talked about this. There are way more quarterbacks between guys that we expect to go early in the first round, free agents, trade possibilities. There are more quarterbacks than needs right now, and yeah, it's a terms crazy of year. quarterback. Yeah, crazy year. And now Eli's off the board, but that was another one you could see potentially landing somewhere for a one-year thing, bridge guy for one of these young. I mean, it's like Philip Rivers is going to play. And be a starter for somebody week one next year. I'll tell you that right now. 
So it's, it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see because again, all three of these Saints quarterbacks are free agents now. Uh, Taysom Hill's restricted, but uh, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out because look, they're a Super Bowl contender next year. Uh, if you if you watch them on Twitter after they lose in the playoffs every year, they'll tell you that they're the best team in football. Uh, but it, it's going to be interesting to see because th- there's a lot of decisions that need to be made there and. Can they can is is there a way they can convince Teddy Bridgewater to to take a, a reasonable number for one year and promising him the job down the road? Is that too risky? No, Who he's knows? not doing but, that. He's just won five games. He's a yeah. restricted free unrestricted free agent. He's getting paid. Somebody somebody's giving him sixty million at least, and probably forty five fifty that guaranteed. Like he he's getting a three or four year deal for somebody to go be the starter. And by the way, he should do that for not only because he's a starter, but let's remember the horrific injury he suffered. Yes, like he knows yeah. what he knows. The one hit away from never playing again, he knows what that feels like. Which is one of the reasons he's super smart. The locker room freaking loves him. The fan bases love him. And the coaching staffs love him. I mean, he's going to make somebody a really, really happy franchise that they have him, especially with the number. If you're getting a former first round pick, starting quarterback at twenty million, you can afford two or three other major starters. Because the number is thirty three to thirty five, right? Twenty seven yeah. is the franchise number for uh, for the restricted cap or whatever. I, I don't know. It's going to be really interesting to see what they do there. And I, but I'm telling you, if Drew wants to come back, he's coming back. Yeah, and, and I get it. I totally get that. Uh, let's move on to another free agent uh, that wants to stay where they are currently. Amari Cooper says that he wants to be in Dallas for quote a long time. So they still have to pay Dak Prescott. Uh, do you see them being able to afford both Prescott and Cooper? Uh, and maybe losing some guys elsewhere, or do you think Cooper might be his injury might have been enough for them to say, "Yeah, you know what? Let's invest our money elsewhere." I can only because the triplets exist already, and I can see Jerry saying, "I we had the triplets and we won Super Bowls. We can do it again." Salary cap wasn't the same then, Jerry. Um, I can only because of Michael Irvin, Emmitt Smith, and Troy Aikman, and he thinks if we get all three of these guys signed, they're all young, they're all in their prime. We can put enough pieces around them, we can go make a run. Um, he also had a bunch of two catch games. He got taken out of the game by elite corners with that injury. Some, uh, but they also know that Dak is number two in the NFL in passing this year and has turned into a, a pretty elite passer. Everything still goes through Zeke. It's going to be really interesting because you got to pay Dak first, but if Amari wants to stay, you know, at the end of the day, numbers speak. And if Amari wants to take less to stay in Dallas and be there long-term, maybe he does. You know, no state income tax in Texas, but other than that, he's going to be taking a lot less than he put up big time numbers. He showed he's a number one when he's healthy. It's going to be really interesting to see what happens there. To I me, mean, this offseason is so crazy. I cannot remember the amount of giant names, giant quarterbacks, important positions of guys that could move on. Can you can you remember a year like this? And then you go, this draft is spectacular. Before we even get into that, that's why I love the free agencies first. Because free agents yeah. where, where you could turn it around and win a Super Bowl. Draft guy, if you draft seven or eight guys, maybe two or three are starters, maybe four or five are, are to get all together, role play a role on your team. It's not like you're turning it around in, in one year with draft picks. You know, it's funny because most of the time in free agency, there's usually like two, three, maybe four like gems, you know, at, at different yeah, spots. Like the elite, the elite guys. This year, there's two, three, or four at every major position. Yeah. It's crazy. I, I mean, like, I, and I you got to overpay for them too. So you're talking about these teams with a lot of cap space. But they got to they got resign their own guys. Yeah, and then okay, we want to go make a splash. Well, which of our own guys do we not resign, and which one of those guys do we go get? And then which one of those elite guys falls to the second tier because they don't sign in week one of free agency? And there's so much that goes into this. Uh, and then you got physicals and guys with previous injuries, and I don't, it's going to be awesome. 
awesome. But yeah, I mean, I can see that happening with with Jerry just because of the triplets. He got three Hall of Famers and he got three rings off of those guys. I can see him in his head saying, "That's how we do it, and let's get Amari signed." Yeah, look, they're clearly in win now mode and win at all costs. They're spending Jerry spending a ton of money uh, for them to win. Brought brings in a new head coach who's spending a pretty penny on as well. Uh, I could definitely see it happening if they could work it out, but I, I do believe Amari Cooper. Again, injuries are a part of the game. It happens. It's a contact sport. But uh, him getting hurt and him being shut down for most of the second half of the season, uh, not actually shut down, but shut down by corners, uh, has cost, cost him a few bucks uh, in this free agent cycle. But he's still in a much better position because there are a lot of people that were thinking he was going to be a bust in Oakland. So regardless, he's going to be ahead of the game from where he was this time two years ago. Uh, other pieces, other pieces of news to get into. We alluded to this on, on our show Monday and the, even the prior week, but now it's become uh, two signing, two OCs have become official. Uh, Jay Gruden in Jacksonville uh, and Gary Kubiak in Minnesota. We're both in favor of those hires, but Jake, do you want to expound upon those just a little bit more? I love them both. Look, Jay Gruden, we've we've talked about, but I mean, Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan, Lafleur were all in his staff in Washington at one point. They were all working under him while he called plays. It, a lot of that comes from him. He took his brother's offense. And stuff he learned from the Arena League as a player and a coach was great in Cincinnati as an offense coordinator and then expounded on that. It was, I mean, they had no weapons for those years in Washington. He took this high-flying offense and made it a hell of a power run game, right? I think it's awesome. I don't think you could hire – there's not a better guy on the street Jacksonville could go get. I'm happy for him. I, I love the Gary Kubiak thing. I'm, I hope Gary's health is enough that he wants to work that hard to call the plays and be the OC. But he was the guy behind Stefanski, right? I mean – yeah. You, Mike Zimmer was quoted saying this is the greatest hire I've ever made. And he was an offensive, like senior offensive assistant overlooking everything, put in his run game, which Dalvin Cook thrived in. If you're Zim, this is phenomenal. I'm glad Gary wants to coach that much. Uh, former head coach, did a phenomenal job. Won a Super Bowl as a head coach. Like that, You can't put like, enough emphasis on what he brings as an offensive coordinator there uh, and to keep the consistency – for Kirk Cousins and Dalvin Cook in that offense. I think they're going to be better on offense. I, I mean, Stavansky was good, but his first year doing it. Gary's been there and done that for a long time, and this was his offense they put in. Yeah, look, health is the only concern with Gary Kubiak. His, he's been a phenomenal coach whenever he's been given the opportunities. Did a really good job uh, as kind of like, the, the lack of a better phrase, the puppet master of the offense last year. Uh, in Minnesota, it's just whether or not his health holds up. So I, I, I wish him the best. I mean, we, you know, there's some that scary him collapsing on the field a couple years ago. That's always in my mind. You just hope that, you know, again, there, it's any coaching job is high pressure. Obviously, being a head coach is the highest of pressure. Yeah, you um, know, the, but, the Denver situation was crazy. Him and John Elway played together. They've been best friends yeah. for a long time. Now, John's your boss, and you're the head coach, and the pressures that come with that. Um, and he took a couple years to step back. I think he's probably he is a low ego guy. He fits right in. He's a ball coach. Zim's the guy. Zim will shield him as much as possible. That relationship alone, where he's like, Zim, I need need a little time. Take your time. Like it's one of those things you know what you're getting. It's not like you have to worry about that guy doing his job, right? So I think all that hopefully points towards him being healthy and having a hell of a year because they're going to be really good again. And I I think Gary's a damn good coach. I'm happy. I think both of those hires are awesome. Yeah, look, the NFC North is going to be incredibly fascinating because the Vikings are going to be in the mix. The Packers are – they're going to be good. They're not going to be 13 wins good because they kind of – honestly, they won 13 wins good this year. Uh, I think the, the Bears are going to be better. So it's, it's going to be interesting if the Lions keep Stafford. We'll transition to that for a second next. But uh, they, they should at least win a few more games. It'll be really interesting. And it keeps that dynamic that we've talked about a lot, that you've talked about a lot on the show, Jake, of that – 
you know, Zimmer's a defensive guy. Now he can, he can continue to go, okay, Gary, you've got the offense. I don't have to worry about that. I don't have to, I, I mean, I, I'll CEO over the top of it, but I don't have to, I can, I can focus on this defense, which has a lot of talent, but underperformed this year. Uh, despite at, at times, yeah. I mean, they yeah. were phenomenal in that playoff game in New Orleans, but Spielman's done a hell of a job with this cap too. Like, yes, they're not, yeah. they're not in any cap danger. They're not losing any of their guys for the most part. Like they're, they're fine. They'll, they'll add some pieces. They'll add in the draft, keep their guys that they need to keep. And if they put the same field, same team on the field next year and stay a little healthier, watch out because they can beat anybody on any Sunday. Yeah, and let's make that transition to the other team in the NFC North I just alluded to. Uh, there have been some rumblings that the, the Lions might decide, let's throw another quarterback name out there in the hat, uh, that the Lions might try to move on from Matthew Stafford via trade. Uh, that's just another quarterback that's available and just maybe another team that could be looking for somebody to, to fill that hole, whether it's, I mean, they have a top three pick in the draft or whether it's free agency. If, if they trade Matthew Stafford, where are some fits for him, and do you think they should? This is not any inside knowledge. It's my love of Matthew Stafford. Tampa would be an awesome spot, right? He's got the arm yeah. for, for the offense, doesn't he? He's over 6,000 <laughs> yards on offense. There's 20 people that would want Matt Stafford. He is freaking elite. He spent his entire career in the dungeon of Detroit not getting the credit he deserves. This dude is elite escape in the pocket, throwing on the run, elite arm strength. They already threw a lot of picks early in his career because he's a gunslinger. But you're talking about Brett Favre, too. Same arm strength. Same different arm angles. He throws it. He's Patrick Mahomes when he throws over the top, side arms, three quarters, on the run, former baseball player. Did a great job of changing his body after he came to the league, slimming down a little bit, being able to use his athleticism. But he doesn't get any, any credit for his escapability. Not running ability, not dual threat, getting out of the pocket and making things happen. Uh, he is elite. He's elite. Apparently his back is okay. He's smart. He's been in multiple systems there. Uh, I think there's 20 teams that would love to have him. And if you're one of these teams that's looking for a quarterback early, the other thing is he's been there for 11 years, right? The, the new and the sexy for the fan base of Detroit is worn off. They're not going to win enough games for them to matter and Matt Stafford to ever be different than he's, won, than he's been. His whole, he's going to be great, right? He was, what, number three or four fantasy quarterback when he got hurt this year? Yeah, per game? I think he was number four. Um, yeah, so, they're, but they're not going to win 11, 12 games. If you draft two at three, steal him from the Dolphins, trade Stafford for another number one, the excitement is there. They're not going to win or lose that many more games, but the excitement's there. They can rebuild this. They can move on. Sometimes with a fan base like that, that's what they need. It's not anything that Matthew Stafford did to not be uh, warranted and coveted, because I promise you there's a ton of freaking teams that would want him. A ton. But you, th- you throw that name out there as a potential, like you want him, show me what you want to give up. I mean, wow. that's. But I can see it making sense, right? I mean, you're at three and a great quarterback year. I can see them signing Phillip Rivers and drafting Tua. I can totally, I can totally see that. And moving oh, and Phillips, Phillips there for a year. Tua gets to get healthy. But you have the excitement of Tua standing there with a clipboard. And you get another number one pick. So maybe you get um, an elite pass rusher, one of these edge guys in the first round. And another elite corner to go on the other side of um, Darius Slay. Yeah. Darius Slay. Mean- I could see it, and look, it's probably the best for their long-term – like you say, it's probably best for their long-term future, and that's no knock on Matthew Stafford. But given where he is in his career, given his back injuries, the Lions aren't going to be good enough. By the time the Lions get good enough, uh, Stafford's already going to be on his way out uh, of the league. So There's another one. Crazy, Jamie, right? So the freaking Cowboys don't want to give Dak 30 to $35 because they don't think he's worth it. They let him walk, and they bring Texas boy back. He's the thirty to thirty-five million dollar guy, but it's Matt freaking Stafford. 
You now see, would he I, put the Cowboys? That, see, that's what gets things interesting because I think, I, I think the Cowboys the Chargers. Not, I mean, some of these yeah. teams, like, you can make a case. The Raiders, some of these rumblings of people that wanted to move on, man, like, this, this dude is freaking elite. If you put all of them into the draft right now, everybody in the league, Matt Stafford's still one of the five or six are taken early. Yeah, that's where it gets in, that's where it gets interesting to me, especially if the Cowboys decide. I think they will decide to pay Dak, but if they decide not to because they're because of another option, that's when things get wild. Because where does Dak then go? Like, where? where, where I mean, there's just all it, these it, same teams we're talking about. The Chargers are going hell yes. I mean, Chargers are going hell yes. Maybe you know it's the it's, Saints maybe go hell yes. Like, who it, knows? It, it's fascinating because Jacksonville. There are going to be a couple of Indy, Indy. Yeah. I mean, Matt Stafford yeah. and Indy. Like, we, we need to talk about Indy because they have a ton of money to spend. They didn't spend it all last year, and I, I know they paid Brissett short term. But the way he finished, they can live with that with the cap, though. They got one more. They paid him what two years, twenty million each. Yeah, like, and the reality was the way he ended the season. They ain't going anywhere if he plays like that. Not if they can get Dak or Stafford. Stafford's got five or six minimum left. Then he's thirty-one. Like, yeah, if you're, if you're the Colts, again, you still you've got the core around to start to build. Now you've got a great offensive line. You've got Marlon Mack. You've got Ty Hilton, who should be back and healthy. I mean, you've got some of these pieces that you you add one of these guys, you're a favorite in the AFC South. By the way, I'm going to say again for our listeners, this is not inside information when I said that I love Matthew Stafford. I love him in Georgia. I love him coming out. I appreciate what he's done in Detroit. This is no. When I said Tampa, that was not like me throwing out some freaking hint, okay? With the craziness that's going on in the Tampa media about what they're going to do with Jameis, who knows? That was just my opinion of I love Matt Stafford, and I could see him being coveted by a lot of places, okay? I'm going to say that again before this turns into a freaking media story in Tampa. Yes. Oh, and, and by the way, that's another name that if he doesn't end up re-signing in Tampa, Jameis Winston's another quarterback that's out. Yeah, like Carolina. You don't think the Carolina Panthers would want Matt Stafford? Yeah, Philip Rivers is there. Maybe we talked about maybe tanking for Trevor Lawrence next year. Yeah, trading Cam, mean, which adds another quarterback. I mean, they're just it's so going to be the craziest freaking off season. If they all stay where they're at, it's a crazy off season. Yeah, but that's look, not going to happen, right? And there's by the way, there's six first round talents at yeah. quarterback, which none of them are going to have to play right away, other than Joe Burrow. It's going to be really. That's a crazy thing too to think. Okay. You're going to – six teams could take for maybe four or five, whatever it ends up being. Take a first-round quarterback. The only one that starts next year is Joe Burrow. And by the way, that's a good thing. There are so it many good good thing. quarterbacks now. Like, don't, don't, don't force them. There's no reason You to also force just them. learned that the top five passing yards quarterbacks didn't make the playoffs. Yeah. A lot to be said. But, I, yeah, I mean, Matt Stafford, if they're if, – and, and, I mean, Detroit's smart too. Throw it out there and see if somebody comes with two first-round picks. Or whatever it is. I mean, whoever gets him is going to take a big cap hit because he's one of, I think he's $33 million a year guy. But he's worth that. You build around that. That's one of those guys that if you're paying that, you can lose a couple other people because he's going to make up for it. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm looking up his number right now. But yeah, I mean, I mean you he- can't tell I'm a giant Matthew Stafford fan. I have been for a long time. I mean, the comparisons are Brett Favre. Before Patrick Mahomes came in the league, they play very similar games. Patrick Mahomes does it in a flashier way in a, in a different offense. Matthew Stafford's been in Detroit doing it for 11 years, people. Yeah. 5,000 yards a year is nothing for Matt Stafford. He did it, what, four years in a row and they got hurt this year? Yeah. I mean, like. Also, like, they're in this kind of, like, weird. zero run game. It's weird quirk is actually next year, his cap hit's very reasonable for Stafford. It's only 21.3. Holy shit. So 
then you have then it gets it goes right back into 33 and then 26 the next two years or you can cut them and take a 19 million dead cap hit but that's a 25 million dollar average over the next three years that's unbelievable yeah because it goes 21.3 then 33 then 26 um so like that's i mean you so you have that one bad year in the middle in 2021 uh, relative but the other two years that's below market or at least at market of the 26 one so that's not i mean that's doable especially if you're trying to win now so that'd be really interesting to see i i, I can't wait for for a free agency to kick off there are so many huge names offensively defensively uh i mean we even talked about guys like you know Chris Harris, who's been one of the best cornerbacks in football for a half decade now. Aging, Jimmy Smith, aging, but you can win Super Bowls with those guys. Yeah. You make them a piece on the other side of a really good young corner. Absolutely. I, I'm really excited to see. I mean, a couple of the starting safeties for San Francisco were free agents, unrestricted free agents. I mean, it's going to be a real Shaq Chris Barrett. Jones. Yeah, I mean, Shaq Barrett, JPP, the sack leader, is a freaking yeah. free agent. Chris Jones, who we're going to spend a lot of time talking about oh, next week. Superstar. He's Fletcher Cox, too. He doesn't get the credit he deserves. I mean, so it, it, it's going to be a really exciting offseason because it's an exciting draft with a lot of offensive talent, and it's an exciting uh, free agency with just talent at literally every position. It's Somebody's going to do what the Packers did last year, and I have a feeling it's going to be the Colts. And the Colts yeah, need, you know, need some excitement. They have the cap space. They also have some trade capital on some guys um, that they could pick up more for. And they're, when you're putting out an offensive line like that and Marlon Mack and T.Y. Hilton and Ebron and Jack Doyle, you have some pieces. Yeah. And, I mean, and, and they can make Ebron's a giant splash. Anymore too. Like Ebron's a free agent, so they're, I don't know if they're going to bring him back. So that his space is open. Right. And we talked about this last year with them of, of having all the space and waiting for them to make a move. I know we talked about them with Melvin Gordon. Uh, oh, God, by the way, another free agent. Yeah. Um, but we said at the time, even when they didn't make the move, that – you don't have to throw all this money away. You can still spend it again next year if you don't sign guys to multi-year deals. And now you, you walk into this free agent class and you go, look, it's just, just full of treasures for them. So it's, it's going to be really exciting to see. And those doesn't even include potential trades. I mean, what, I mean, does Aldo Beckham stay in Cleveland? Uh, I mean, true. Aldo, I mean, look, you could go – Indy could go from well, – we're talking about them being 8-8 eight eight again to 12-4 and four quick yes. with the right moves and stay healthy on defense. It's going to be really exciting. I can't wait. Um, uh, to get into them here. So uh, let's go a couple more uh, notes to have here. Uh, Coaching-wise, uh, Titans defensive coordinator Dean Pease announces his retirement, uh, and Mike Pettin looks like he's going to be coming back in Green Bay. Jake, do you have any comments on those couple, ret- uh, I guess, retirement and return? Yeah, I mean, Dean Pease was a hell of a defense coordinator for a long time, from his time in Baltimore to the job he did in Tennessee. Um, just another guy that you know was a damn good assistant coach for a long time. A lot of people didn't know of unless you're in that Baltimore circle. But Chuck Pagano, Rex Ryan, Dean Pease, like everybody that's been there has been really good. But he had a hell of a career. I wish him the best in retirement. Mike Pettin was an up and down year for them. Uh, but you win 13 games. You shouldn't be talking about. And you got to the NFC Championship, even though you got dusted. You shouldn't really be talking about firing your defense coordinator, but they did. It looks like he's going to return. Uh, they need to make some changes on that defense to stop the run better. That that was their Achilles heel all year up and down, and then it really bit them big. But San Francisco runs it as good as anybody. I don't know how you could overreact there, but apparently they leaked it out that they were thinking about it. Uh, it looks like Romeo Cornell could be moving on, uh, or the, the te- maybe he's going to retire as well, and the Texans could be looking for a defense coordinator. Um, another great name, phenomenal assistant coach, became a head coach. If there's a Hall of Fame for assistant coaches, Romeo Cornell would be in it. So that's another yes. one that, that's in that, uh, in that list. But good on you know good on on Dean Peace. I hope retirement is awesome for you. And uh, you did a hell of a job. Had a hell of a career. 
And speaking of Romeo Cornell, I saw uh, Wade Phillips had a nice little uh, a nice little tweet uh, about. Uh, By the way, Wade Phillips is out there right now. Yeah. <laughs> free agency. And he just players. You could add him as a senior defensive assistant and be a hell of a lot better than you were before the day the day before that. Uh, one more thing that we need to uh, – we'll end with this. And unfortunately, we say it to the end of the show because it's kind of a sad Oh, please, note. God, we got to end about something else. We can yeah. talk about this. We have to end on we'll something talk about this. We'll end this with something else. be the last thing out of my mouth. Uh, let, let, let's talk about uh, – so Antonio Brown uh, just this – Can I'm, they I'm put him on a six-week mandatory cycle, get him cleaned uh, out, get him detoxed, get him on some meds, like something? Yeah, I, I'm sick of talking about him at this point. I, I really am. Uh, I, I hope – uh, I hope for his sake, his kids' sake, everybody around him's sake that that he gets well, gets the help he needs, and they figure all this other well, stuff. Drew out. Rosenhaus has been unbelievable to Antonio Brown, but Drew Rosenhaus said, "I'd love to represent him." He put a letter out to the NFLPA. I'd love to represent him still, but until he gets help, I can't. Like for Drew Rosenhaus, who's been through all of this with Antonio Brown, to throw his hands up in the air and be like, "I give up," tells you all you need to know. This dude needs some serious help. It is sad at this point. It's beyond sad. And here's the thing, Jamie. You, you withstood all this crazy bad media in the preseason and all the stuff that happened, and you're in New England for a week, and you have a pretty good game, and then you're out of the league, and then the Saints work you out, and you're dumb enough to go to Twitter and be like, it's a publicity. Just sit in the freaking shadows. You've got plenty left to come back and play four or five more years. Yes. Nobody's touching you with a 10-foot pole at this point. Why would you? Like, he's a Hall of Fame player who's got plenty left to go be a piece somewhere. But he can't. These guys that can't let go of the media circus because of their ego over top of their play and their money, I don't get. It's just – it's amazing to me. Yeah. It, it, it just – it's at this point, it's just sad. Like it just, yeah, I, it's just – it's sad. It just – it's – I don't want to see it anymore. It's just – hopefully, uh, hopefully he gets help. Hopefully this stuff starts to resolve itself. But – Look, I've known Antonio a long time. My dad drafted him in, in Pittsburgh and had him, the whole first beginning of his career. That smile is one of the most authentic, beautiful things you'll ever see. He's, he's a happy dude. It's like I, I, I don't even recognize the guy I see now. Because literally, that man, early on in his career, that excitement, those feet, him, the energy he brought with that smile, it was infectious. Right? It infected the locker room. It infected the league. To be where he is now is just sad. I mean, it's the only word I can come up for. Yeah, so let, let's move off of this. Obviously, you, you can follow along, but any, any NFL news source can follow you along with the info. Uh, you yeah. know, I, that, those are our thoughts at this point. We're just, we're just sad and hope he gets his help. Uh, two last things to end the show on. One, I want to read you a Tom Brady's quote uh, congratulating Eli Manning from today. Uh, he said, congratulations on your retirement and a great career, Eli. Not going to lie, though, I wish you hadn't won any Super Bowls. <laughs> but he doesn't. Which is a great line. Have eight freaking rings. Uh, which is a great line from him. Uh, and then let's end the show with a little bit of the way we started. Uh, I know, we, unfortunately, we were not able to get down there to Mobile this year, but make sure you are keeping up with all of the Senior Bowl content uh, from the Draft Network, from Page, Kyle, Joe, Jordan. I mean, all the guys down there. Man, that's been awesome. Look, ESPN and NFL Network have done a nice job of putting it out every year, but the content the Draft Network's putting out right now on these prospects. Is second to none. It's been awesome to watch. And it's been awesome to, you know, you got the big name guys. There's a bunch of big name guys in this game. But there's a bunch of guys that maybe you hadn't heard of. Like the left tackle from Houston apparently had a phenomenal week. Josh Jones, I think his name. Yes. And, and we've spotlighted that. Yeah, You've seen that. And he's there. Everybody's talking about he's now in everybody's mock draft as a first-round pick. Uh, phenomenal feat. Phenomenal week. Uh, Ken Law from South Carolina. He was a superstar going in, but has done nothing to make himself look better. Davidson, the kid from Auburn, 
was having a spectacular practice. I had one practice and twisted an ankle. He's out for the week, but apparently he flashed more than anybody on the field. Um, it's just awesome to be able to highlight these guys. It's an awesome week for fans that maybe can drive to Mobile. You should go down there for a couple of days, uh, one of these years. You have the entire NFL. And when I say the entire NFL, I'm talking the entire NFL. In one place in this little podunk stadium, Lad People Stadium in Mobile, Alabama. It's been there forever. Like I said, I've been to 20 of them. But the amount of stuff going on in that little town for, the, for this week is just awesome. And I, the Draft Network's doing something that has never been done in the, in the history of this with this tailgate stuff we have going on and the different coverage. The guys have done an awesome job this week. And Paige has done an awesome job leading the ship this week. Absolutely. I second that on everything you just said. If you haven't, I had a chance to go down there, uh, I think it was two or three years ago now. It's crazy, right? You don't uh, expect, you don't expect it to be like that. Like it, to what you see and the people you see walk. Jerry Jones has been to like 27 in a row. Yeah, it's amazing because one, the town completely shuts down around you. Like it becomes the NFL town. Everything is secondary. The the people that are working in the restaurants, people that are working in the hotels. I mean, it becomes a you are you almost you're almost a celebrity amongst them. This is like their big time of year. Uh, going to the game, the environment there. Uh, again, join them at the tailgate tomorrow afternoon. It's supposed to be a beautiful day. Uh, in Mobile tomorrow. So I know it's been a little cold there earlier this week, but it's been a beautiful day. Uh, the Senior Bowl is definitely a game you want to go to. You see a lot of stars. I mean, a lot of these guys are going to be taken in the, on day one and day two. You're, you're not, look at last not, year. Yeah, I mean, yeah. five guys in the first round or something like that that played in the Senior Bowl. I mean, Justin yeah, Herbert's I mean, playing this game. Jordan Love's playing this game. Yeah, I mean, and yeah, there could, there's been even more and more talent. Like the Senior Bowl is only getting even more, be- even getting better because there are now bigger name players that are saying, you know what, I'm going to go down there and I'm going to work with these NFL coaches and I'm going to get some more film. On, I'm going to get more of my play on tape and I'm going to kind of get a leg up on some of these other people because I basically had full interviews with one or two coaching staffs uh, at the moment, plus all the other interviews that the rest of the teams do that yeah. aren't coaching the teams. With Josh uh, Allen, Daniel Jones, going back to a couple of years, these guys yeah. have played in this game, and you're going to see that from Herbert and, and Love, and, and I mean, it's, it's going to be good. Jalen Hurts playing in this game. You, you know, you, you've heard me mention on the show before, but I said I've never felt like less of a man than standing on the field next to O.J. Howard. That's when it was. It was standing <laughs> next to him at the Senior Bowl and like looking up at him as I'm trying to record. Again, I, you know, I'm six two. I'm not. A, I'm not a small guy. No, O.J. Uh, is a mountain of a man. For people that have never seen O.J. Howard in person, you get why there's that much hype. That is a specimen among specimens. Absolutely. So uh, make sure you're following the Draft Network. Make sure you're following at the underscore sports page. Join them at the tailgate if you can. Uh, I, I believe they're going to be doing. I believe Paige is going to be doing her Bud Light uh, seltzer rankings. Uh, big board, uh, yes. Apparently, yeah. Black Black Cherry is leading the. He's the Joe Burrow uh, of the seltzer board right now. Yeah. So we will see. So I'm interested to hear back on that. Uh, so tough, tough page for day. Uh, a day for Paige, by the way. Do yeah. Doing, I mean. Uh, it, it, Real difficult. Market research, big board on the Bud Light Seltzer. Yeah, it's gonna be real tough for her. It's gonna be like sixty-five and sunny, and she's got to test all of these these hard seltzers. It's really, you know, you got to you, your heart goes out to her. In these it's tough like times. wine, you know, you got to put three on your palate before you can really tell what it is. So if you're gonna do a thorough tasting, which I'm sure Paige will be doing. You know, before you do this big board, that, that's a lot of seltzer. Yeah, she's got to like sniff it. Like it's this, these are hints. These are notes of. <laughs> yeah. Aged uh, carbonation from yeah whatever it is, but it, it, it's going to be exciting. You, you need to you need to watch it if you can, uh, and then we will be back with you next week. We will get heavy into the game and any other news that comes out. Uh, but Jake, how can they follow you on social media? Jake B Arians on Twitter. You can follow me at Jamie Eisner on Twitter. Follow the show at TDN Fantasy underscore, and we will be back with you next week. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, 
They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.